your Locked On Canadiens, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to episode 531 of Locked On Canadians. Today, we're going to be talking about a bizarre ending to the game between the Montreal Canadiens and the Chicago Blackhawks. We've also got some exciting news for two players. And then we've got our Friday mailbag. And all of that is coming up on your first listen of the day. And so my name is Laura Saba, one of your hosts, also known as the Active Stick. And I'm joined, as always, by a very baffled Scott Matla. Scott, how are you doing as we get to the end of the week and get to our mailbag? I I told myself I wasn't going to get mad at Montreal Canadiens games anymore. And then overtime against Chicago, it just turns out I don't know any of the NHL rules. And I can't imagine why the sport isn't more popular when the puck is a foot outside the zone, but it counts as possession when he's reaching behind him. I'm not going to rant about this because I have to edit this episode and I don't want to censor that much in here. (laughs) I don't get it. And this is why this sport is not more popular. Imagine trying to explain. I don't understand it. And I've been watching hockey for over a decade. If I were to wake up my girlfriend and try to explain why that Chicago goal counted, she would tell me to go sleep on the couch. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I think it's dumb and stupid and they should just abolish offsides. I I agree. There's a lot of offside talk that happens, but not only that, there's goalie interference talk happens all the time. Uh, the bizarre ending, obviously, if you did not see the game, was that in the overtime goal, they had to review it. Uh, and then uh, the review itself triggered a second review. Uh, and both of those calls looked like they were going, not looked like they were going, I guess it depends on how you look at it, but I was obviously watching the RDS broadcast, uh, and, uh, they were in full agreement that that puck was offside when the second review was triggered. So there's a lot of surprise on that front. And, uh, at this moment in time, Canadian fans are probably debating it and you could, I guess, go, uh, easily, you could go either way. Personally, I think it's just, it adds to drama, but at least it's an interesting way to lose, which, you you know, we would have liked it to be an interesting way to lose when the Canadians did magnificent things and came up short because we want a high draft pick. Speaking of, the RDS broadcasts are now openly embracing the idea of Shane Wright and they will be playing uh, tonight, actually. They will be playing uh, a game that he's in. And so I think everybody in Montreal and in the market is embracing tank mode now that they are last place. And uh, next week on Monday, there is a tank battle taking place between the Arizona Coyotes and the Montreal Canadiens. Who would have thought at the beginning of the season this is where we would be? But you know what? There's going to be a new general manager. The uh, high draft pick is not something that I would ever say no to, to be honest. Uh, when you have the opportunity to get a good player in a deep draft, I'm not going to be too disappointed. But at the same time, in this season, we're going to look to whatever positives we can. And there are two. 
Uh, obviously, Nick Suzuki, who we absolutely love on this podcast and who is one of the few Montreal P- Canadiens players who is still capable of doing great things in an abysmal season. Uh, Nick Suzuki has been named to the All-Star team. So I think that's a huge honor. I know a lot of a lot of people, uh, you know, they don't necessarily consider the All-Star game uh, a real thing. You know, they, they, they look at it as a showcase for new fans, which I'm all for. I think it's an exciting it's an exciting way to draw new fans in is to showcase the 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 league stars. A lot of us are kind of asking ourselves with them not going to the Olympics and with all of this COVID stuff happening, uh, why there's an all-star game taking place anyway. And it's entirely possible that it doesn't end up taking place and gets postponed or canceled at the last minute. But like from my perspective, I don't think anyone on this team deserved it other than Nick Suzuki this season. Would you agree with that, Scott? By the NHL's own rules, uh, yeah. I, I would say that's probably well and good. Uh, if I had my way, no one from the Canadians would be going to this All-Star game because the team's been abysmal, and it's not their fault. And at a certain point in time, you shouldn't just take people because those are the rules. You know, the All-Star game, like in Major League Baseball and everything, where it counts for something. Like, if you're just sending guys to send guys, it doesn't really work out. Um I am glad to see that he's getting a chance to show off. I think he's going to be great in the skills competition. He's going to be a ton of fun. He's creative. He's got great hands. He's going to be a lot of fun there. And he's part of that young crop of rising stars. And like you said, if there was anyone from this team who was going to go, it deserved to be him. And the only other person I could think of from this team who maybe would deserve the chance would be Jonathan Drouin. And I don't think there's an issue with I with Nick Suzuki going. Um, I just, you know, it'll be fun to see, you know, people complain on Twitter about how they're not watching, but still be mesmerized by Nick Suzuki doing Nick Suzuki things that we are so lucky to see him do every single night on the ice. Yeah, I, I've honestly, you know, we we have no shortage of praise for Nick Suzuki on this podcast. We absolutely love him. And it's it's exciting this early in his career to be already, you know, being being named. This is this probably isn't going to be his last time. Hopefully I don't jinx him. Uh, knock on wood. Uh, it's it's just exciting to for him. And it, it's 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 a positive. I like the way the Canadians announced it. Uh, they had Amanda Suzuki, his mom, do the announcement. Uh, and uh, I thought that was great. And, and you know, in a in a season where there aren't that many positives, there's another one uh, is that Sean Farrell, uh, who, uh, if you've been listening in the last few weeks, Scott has had many, many positive things to say. Uh, he is going to the Olympics in Beijing, or he's at least been named. Uh, hopefully it does. You know, he is able to to make it. Uh, and uh, so I think that's a, that's a huge positive in it's not going to be the way we anticipated with the NHL players not going, but the opportunity for some players who have not yet made it to the NHL, uh, those of them who are eligible to go, I think the opportunity for us to see them in big games and for them to live big moments is, is massive to me. And uh, I, think, I think it's very deserving I don't. I honestly don't know what the what the tournament is going to look like with with a lot of players who a might have been out of the league for for a few years or b might not even be in the league yet. Uh, 
but I'm excited. I, I, I'm excited for him. I think, uh, you know, he's always going to be able to say that he's a, he's a U.S. Olympian. And uh, I think it's going to be great for his career as he gets closer to making the halves. I do too. And it, it's a fun, it's a fun instance where the team is going. They didn't just take a bunch of old guys playing in Europe or in the AHL. They took, you know, young prospects. There's other guys here, guys like Jake Sanderson, uh, Drew Camesso and others who some of them missed out on world juniors uh, due to COVID in different circumstances or, you know, just missing out in terms of making the cut. And guess what? Now you get to go to the Olympics I don't know what kind of role Farrell's going to have on this team. He is on the team with his Harvard teammate, Nick Abruzzi. So I am very interested to see what he can do at this level. He's playing against men like he has in college. Uh, It's going to be a good chance for a lot of Habs fans to finally see potentially what Sean Farrell can do. And we'll obviously be talking about those games. I don't know which one of us is going to be up at four o'clock in the morning looking, uh, watching them. Uh, chances are I will probably be doing that because I love the Olympics. I like my entire schedule is just going to be based around that, uh, I, I think. And uh, it's I, like to me also, like for me, it's a bad sign as a Team Canada fan because for years and years and years, we've been talking so much about how Team USA stuck in the past and this forward thinking to me is like, I I don't like it as a Team Canada fan, uh, obviously, but it is a very, it's, it's positive for Team USA fans and for the game as a whole, for them not to be taking just a bunch of guys who they like because they're like grinders or, you know, they work hard or they remind them of people that they love. But in the meantime, and I guess we're going to call it positive because it is our favorite thing to do even though it's not necessarily news related, our favorite thing is coming up. That is the weekly mailbag. We've got a few fun questions that's coming up in just one moment. But first, if you like me have been struggling to get back into the swing of things after the holidays, guess what? There's built bar, a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and it's delicious. And most importantly, it gives you the energy that you need for your day. They're all low in sugar and high in protein, which is key for that. They're delicious. They're made with real chocolate. They've got 18 delicious regular flavors, but every once in a while they come up with special additions. Uh, I still have a few in my fridge and freezer. I love to keep them cold and, um, and use them throughout my day to get the energy. And you guys can all try Built Bar, if you go to built.com and enter locked15 to get 15% off your order, get some of these delicious bars that are high in protein, low in sugar, uh, and made with real chocolate. Get your energy when you need it, whether it's for breakfast, whether it's for a workout. That is built.com and you'll get 15% off your order. As always, on your first listen of the day, Friday is Mailbag Day, and we invite you to send us mailbag questions. You can send them to us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com, and you can tweet them to us at LO underscore Canadians. Occasionally, you can tweet them to uh, one of us as well. You can find Scott on Twitter at Scott Matla. You'll find me at The Active Stick. Uh, I tend to save those, and uh, if we can't make it a mailbag question, we will uh, make it a topic, a segment topic sometimes, and you'll see that's going to come up uh, in just a moment. But let me start with a a question in the email, uh, which we love, from Len. 
Uh, and I love this because Len listens to us from Yellowknife. Uh, and so here is the email. I'm a lifelong Habs fan and I love the podcast. I look forward to it daily and commend you both for the work and effort. Honestly, we commend all of you for listening. We know this season is a tough one. We love putting the show out for you. And uh, we, 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 we truly cannot appreciate our listeners more. Like most fans this year, I'm frustrated by the realities and impacts COVID has had on the game. With the NHL being spread across two countries, the frustration of watching Canadian teams trying to navigate a landscape of no fans or severe restrictions while the U.S. rings are filled to capacity, I got to thinking, should the NHL try for this year to locate the Canadian teams out of U.S. cities sharing the rinks? My thinking is that at least the schedule might be able to proceed better within a reasonable time frame and hockey revenues would be generated through fan gate attendance, thus benefiting both the players and the owners. It would take some cooperation by all parties before the good of the game. Maybe it's an option. What are your thoughts on the above? Owners would never let it happen because they want to make their money in their own building, especially in Canada, where these teams are burning through cash. The one empty arena game the Canadians played cost millions of dollars as far as uh, we understood it when we talked about it after that game. And I, I can't see owners agreeing to it just because they want to pack their own building. They want to sell their $12 hot dogs and their $17 beers and their $175 jerseys in their rink. And then with the way things are going, if you're splitting ranks, you're still running the same risk of exposing players and staff and everything else, regardless of where it is. It's truly a no-win situation for the NHL that no matter what they do, they're going to lose money somewhere. And I think they're doing what they can to try and recoup some of it by hoping that these arenas in Canada will be open sooner rather than later. Yeah. And, and I think for me, it's because the game has already, or the season already started with butts and seats, fans and rinks, uh, an 82 game schedule, you know, they did everything they could to make sure every single game is played it's already happened, right? So if this was a situation like last year, for example, or the year before where there was like a COVID mandated stoppage uh, and then they're like, all right, how do we get the game to go? We're going to do whatever we can to sort of fit it within the parameters. But the reality is right now it's very different in a lot of, in a lot of cities, like people are just acting like there is no virus Uh, in Canadian cities. They're a lot stricter, Uh, but the season has already started with people, um, you know, with the players and their families going to those cities. If you recall in the Canadian bubble, uh, a lot of players were separated from their families for that entire 50, what was it? 54 game season, 56 game season. So I think the fact that um, there's already been revenue coming in a lot of these teams that if if you cancel those games you're gonna have to refund like scott said millions and millions of dollars like that's gonna cost them way too much but also i think the, the players won't have an appetite for this they are showing frustration they're expressing frustration especially especially because the canadian quarantine rules or isolation rules are longer and different and you can't come to canada until you you've gone through your covid if you test positive outside of canada so there's a lot of logistics in terms of the different the border restrictions and the the city uh the city health uh, public health regulations that are frustrating the players but if you ask them if they want to be separated from their families for that long 
Um, I don't think that they'd go for it just given, you know, the, the, the length of time we're talking about, we're not talking about two weeks. We're talking about the rest of the season. Uh, I think that they would rather, uh, be frustrated with the fact that they can't get back into Canada for a couple of weeks because they tested positive or something, uh, rather than be separated for that long. And I, like, like Scott said, the owners are just never going to go for it because there's a lot of money that they're going to have to give back. There are season tickets. There are tickets that have already been bought for all of these teams. Uh, there are tickets that they could still sell for all of these teams. So basically, and, and if you noticed when the Canadians games were, were played behind closed doors or with no fans, one of the biggest things was like the team had assurances from the province that they would be able to play with fans like that's something that's very important to the team it involves too much to the bottom line logistically like it just i think that even if they could make it work just financially it doesn't make sense for anybody but i also understand fan frustration as well and player frustration where like there's constantly games being postponed there's constantly players being left behind in the u.s all of that kind of stuff. I think they'd rather live with that than have no butts and seats, not selling those hot dogs or $17 beers. And so now we're going to turn our attention to Twitter questions. Scott, what have we got in our Twitter mailbag today? Uh, let's see here. Uh, the first one, uh, we have a bunch from Randy Hansen that I'm just going to go down in order here. If Habs players were contestants on the Amazing Race, who would be in your final winning pair? So, I think Nick Suzuki, given how smart he is, would be able to figure out a lot of the challenges and things like that. Uh, and Ben Chirot, because I feel like Ben Chirot's the kind of guy where, like, if you told him go lift that big thing or go do that physical challenge, he'll just do it and not ask questions. So, if you paired those guys together. I feel like you've got a winning, amazing race team. Uh, Nick Suzuki is a part of it no matter what. Um, I think potentially someone like Carey Price or Jeff Petrie who have some of that outdoorsy and like know how to travel and how to get from place to place kind of knowledge would do a lot with that. Uh, but no matter what, Nick Suzuki is definitely part of the winning team. Oh, uh, honorable mention. Uh, Jake Allen is very smart too. Probably goalies right like yeah yeah <laughs> uh this one comes from randy as well is scott no longer a cat person now that he has a dog and that answer is i have always been kind of a cat person uh it's just that the cat does not want to come downstairs when she knows the dog is somewhere down here so the only time She's she jealous makes... that, that maple has all of your attention no nala just wants space all for herself she only comes downstairs when carly is working from home and she knows the dog is in the crate and then she sits on the end of the couch just far enough away from maple's crate so the dog can see and smell her but cannot get anywhere close to sniff her so <laughs> it's the pettiest thing i have ever seen in my entire life uh one more from randy has Pizzetta won a roster spot for you when the team is healthy? This season, yes, I do think so, because the Canadians need some fun and energy to keep attracting fans. He's done everything that you would expect him to do and more. It's really funny because when I saw the question, I thought about I thought back to when Scott and I were both kind of like, well, he made the team. And this is important to note too, is that like, yes, all of the Rocket have made the team. Yes, that that is understandable. Or anybody who was eligible to to, to get called up has been called up because of, of, of COVID. But back when Pizzetta made the team, 
it was just a few injuries, right? Like they did need him, but it wasn't a situation where it was so dire. So he was one of the first people called up and it was because they wanted to ignite a spark in the Canadians. So I think, I, I think for me, he has earned a spot when the team is healthy for this season, but I don't know when the new general manager shows up and how long they want this rebuild to take place and what the, the plan looks for night looks like for next year there might not be a spot for him next year. Yeah, he's in tough next year, I think, just because this is going to look like an entirely different Canadians team when whomever the GM is takes over. And he said it, he said it after the Bruins game, is that every game he's fighting for his spot, he understands the mindset. And he, I think he kind of understands that uh, he's in a very lucky spot right now in that his efforts are keeping him in the lineup, obviously, but also that he has the opportunity to even be there in the first place. It's going to be very interesting to see where he's at next year. I think he's potentially earned another contract with the team, something I didn't think I was going to say coming into this season, but there's no guarantees next year. I don't think there's a guarantee for anyone on this team short Nick Suzuki next season, to be quite honest with you. Outside of that, um, maybe carry price. But outside of that, I don't think there are any guarantees for this roster next year on that. So I'm, I'm going to be really interested to see what he does because he doesn't strike me as the, I didn't make the team. I'm going to kind of sulk player. I'm hoping that it gets him to find that next level. We're seeing it more and more, but I still think there is more to be potentially unlocked there. I'm not saying he's going to become a 20 goal guy, but can he become a more solid defensive player in like the mold of Paul Byron? And I guess we'll see uh, depending on how his off season goes. And before we move on to our next questions, remember that bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our March to the playoffs and beyond. Well, <laughs> to, to the first draft pick uh, and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You can just use our promo code LOCKEDON to get started. That's right. If you use our promo code locked on, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, Write your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. So now it's time for our final segment and a few more mailbag questions. Scott, what else have we got in the mailbag? Uh, from Jeff the Red, has your fandom been affected by how poorly the NHL as a league handles issues such as sexual harassment, player discipline, and diversity? Do you sometimes wonder if the league will ever get it? So this is a very timely question from Jeff because today we had somebody uh, unsubscribe, unfollow in a huff because they think we're too righteous for this very reason. We think the NHL could do better. I'm sorry. Or no, I'm not. I'm not going to apologize. I'm not sorry that we think that human beings should be treated like human beings. I'm not sorry that there shouldn't be any misogyny. I'm not sorry that, you know, two off-ice officials wanting to draw attention to sexism and racism shouldn't get fired 
I'm not sorry that another off-ice official talking about how they were sexually harassed at work got fired for whistleblow for, 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 for complaining about it. I'm not sorry that the NHL should not allow teams to cover up sexual assault in their organizations. I'm absolutely not sorry that they should be allowed to sweep racism under the rug. Like, yes, my fandom has been affected, but here's the thing. Just because we think the NHL needs to do better and and should do better and there's no excuse for them not doing better in this day and age does not mean we don't love the game. Does not mean we're not hockey fans. It does not mean we are like going to stop watching hockey or anything like that. We're just saying that we're watching this league and we want it to rise to the occasion, take all of that rotten culture and turn it inside out, burn it to the ground. If that, it makes us righteous. I like, I don't understand why you don't think that like why one could couldn't think that you can't enjoy a game and also want the people behind the game to do better by society in general, by their players, by their employees, by just like the people that they touch. Like I, literally do not understand like how is it how is it at all possible for you to look at these things and think it's okay i don't get it i literally don't get it Uh, my whole thing with this is it's like i do believe that there are a lot of good people outside of the league working to bring awareness and trying to actually change the culture of all this because Quite frankly, it needs to. There's an ingrained hockey culture that's toxic and bad. And we've seen it so much over the last few years as these things come to light. And my fandom has changed in that I am more willing to be critical of the league and of teams and of players when they do things wrong instead of just blindly going with it. You know, and that's part of being a fan. We've talked about it with this team is that you need to have critical thinking when it comes to this and realize this isn't right this needs to change and i love the sport of hockey i truly do i wouldn't do a show five days a week and write about it and do all this other stuff if i didn't i don't know if the league's ever going to get it but sooner or later there's going to be another there's going to be a full-scale reckoning for this and they're not going to have a choice in the matter I absolutely agree. And here's the thing. Yes, my enjoyment has been affected, but that doesn't mean I don't love the individual players. That doesn't mean I'm going to stop being a Canadians fan. We struggled a lot over the summer with that draft pick. But at the end of the day, like we do think that the team is capable of doing better and we've watched them learn a lesson, uh, you know, obviously, and, and, and um, you know, put women in more prominent positions in the organization. Think about a wholesale front office change change directions like we saw it happen right it is possible and i i truly do not understand why you think it's wrong to talk about that why you think it's bad to talk about that it's not like you know i I like i don't understand how you can you can you can know about players or organizations doing racist uh things or covering racism up or covering sexual assault up or things like that and be like i'm gonna ignore that and I'm just going to focus on what's going on in the ice. And it's bad for people to talk about it. Like how, how in your, like, like what kind of a conscience do you have is my question. Anyway, all this to say is that we need to demand better and we need to be vocal. And I think, you know, 
the more we are vocal, the more we will see change, just like we did see. Like, you know, I think the Canadians were shocked with how displeased we were with them and they took action. It wasn't as much as we wanted, but eventually in the end, I think they realized that like this kind of thing is not going to fly in the future, which is good because they'll never do it again. Uh, ready for our next question? <laughs> yes. Uh, as players return from COVID protocols and injuries, which call-up most deserves to stay at the NHL level? This is a tough one because I think a lot of players have made a good case for themselves. And I also, I don't know if I want to consider Ryan Paling a call-up anymore. He, he's so, not at this point. I, yeah. I don't think we can. I don't consider Caulfield one either. Um, right. No, Caulfield is definitely not a call. Like, like the, the fact that like, you know, they're screwing up his, his, his rookie year. Like that's neither here nor there. He's an NHL player. He's an NHL ready player and he needs to be played deployed and put in better positions to succeed. I think, I think Laurent Dauphin, like for me, and this is recency bias, right? But I'm positive on him. What about you, Scott? My thought is Dauphin or uh, Jesse Yolanin, just keep the skill guys in the lineup. Keep the guys who are putting in the effort in the lineup. Simple as that. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and our last question comes from Cole. When was the last time Montreal fell the last place in the standings? And my thought is the year they drafted Kotkaniemi, I'm pretty sure. They were last at some point in there, I think. They didn't finish last, but they were last at, at, at certain points. And so there's no guarantee that they'll finish last this season. Um but uh, I looked it up and I actually could not find dating all the way back to uh, their greater years, their golden years. I could not find a finish in last place in the standings. But that was that is true, Scott. That is the season that they hit last place for, um, you know, for stretches. Uh, and that wraps up all the Twitter questions we had. And so we want to thank all of you for your mailbag questions. Uh, in our Monday episode, we're going to have a treat. We have asked for the inside scoop on uh, the Canadian's newest player, Pitlick, and we're going to get that from our Locked On Minnesota Wild host, Seth Topol, and we're so excited. We're going to share his thoughts on our Monday episode, and there's also on Monday a, a very early start between the Coyotes and the Canadians, and we're going to be talking to Locked On Canadian, uh, sorry, Locked On Coyotes host Robin Liano about the tank battles, Liano, uh, about the tank battle that is going on. I like at this point where the now that the Canadians are in last place, I feel like I I, I hope they hold on to it very dearly um, and get that top pick. And so that's all coming up next week. If you want to subscribe to our podcast, you can find us wherever you get your podcast. Those of you who listen to us on Spotify, Spotify now has star ratings and you can rate us. Please give us positive ratings um, so that other people can find us. Thank you so, so much. Uh, you Also, we are going to be on YouTube very, very soon. We're planning something very special for our launch. Uh, you can find us also on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. Find Scott at Scott Matlaw on Twitter. You'll find me at The Active Stick. And if you liked this podcast, check out Locked On Bets, where they have absolutely been killing it lately. And if you're a betting person, they're the folks you need to listen to. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you on Monday.